Hello, and welcome to CART, a podcast about coffee and related topics. I'm your host, Joseph Jenkins, owner and lead educator of Sustain Coffee. If you happen to be new around here, allow us to introduce ourselves. We at Sustain Coffee are a collective group of baristas, home brewers, coffee professionals, and just all around coffee enthusiasts. Our main goal is to approach coffee education in a way that is encouraging. What started as a school project with classes held in a home kitchen has morphed its way into a team of dedicated coffee lovers who want to extend their passion to others. This said, the podcast you are currently listening to is but a part of all that we do. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at 901 Sustain Coffee to get in the know of in-person workshops and pop-ups, or just to say hello. If you find that you enjoy what we do, consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll find all this in the show notes below. Regardless of those things, we hope that you enjoy this week's episode. Now, on to the show. As a reminder, for this fifth season of Carts, we are going to be approaching some science-forward topics. Please note that none of us are educated scientists, and this will mean that most of these topics will be containing some sort of citations in the show notes. Please review the original sources if we ever say something that seems off or confusing. While we may not hold PhDs in any science fields, we do love digging into the weeds of science-related coffee topics, which is exactly what we hope to do this season. Now, on to what you're drinking. Today we are enjoying a coffee that we have been drinking quite a lot of in recent weeks and have actually discussed here on the show before. Roasted by our good friends at Boycott Coffee, it is a natural processed Honduras. The farm is Finca La Unica, Leticia Lopez. We have been using it on the V60, since that's what Boycott is using in their shop, with the grind size that's relatively coarse, utilizing three pours, 20 grams of coffee, 300 grams of water, and aiming for a drawdown time of around 3 minutes and 15 seconds. This coffee has a lovely fermented cherry taste and gets all the sweeter as it cools. We would encourage you to go to 240 Madison Avenue at Boycott Coffee and give this coffee a try. Maybe take home a bag for yourself and let us and the owners of Boycott know what you think about it. No, they didn't pay us for this we just really like this coffee and the folks over there. Season 5, Episode 2, Uncovering the Science of Coffee Freshness, Part 1. If you have been in the specialty coffee scene for any duration of time, you know that freshness is a popular talking point. In fact, freshness was at the forefront of the third wave movement in the beginning. Staying as close to the original product and enjoying it in that way is a concept that we have embedded in our minds for likely upwards of a decade. Yet, we're moving closer and closer to a new wave in the specialty coffee industry, and truly we're kind of already there. Within the chaos that was the height of the pandemic, we being the specialty coffee community, have had lots of times to experiment with coffee in ways that maybe we would not have had time to do otherwise. Freshness is on the tail end of this sort of experimentation and observation. Today we're going to try and address two things for this part one episode. First, we're going to try and understand carbon dioxide formation. Second, we're going to extend our knowledge of freshness post-roast. The hope is that by the end of this episode, we're going to have a more clear understanding of what is happening beneath the surface of our coffee brewing experiences. Understanding how coffee changes during roast. CO2 formation. 
To start understanding freshness principles, we need to start with the roasting process. When coffee is roasted, it starts in a green state that is dense with no gas trapped inside. As roasting ramps up and the temperature rises, moisture inside the green coffee will turn into vapor. We then see an increase in the moisture volume as temperature continues to rise. In the later stages of roasting, carbon dioxide forming Maillard reactions start to occur. This is a direct parallel to our increase in moisture volumes during earlier, lower temperature stages. We have two chemical reactions that contribute to carbon dioxide formation. That is Strecker degradation and pyrolysis. Strecker degradation runs alongside our aforementioned Maillard reaction. Taking this reactive amino acids and turning them into aldehydes, which results in the formation of CO2. We see this reaction being key in the formation of coffee aroma. In contrast, our next chemical reaction, pyrolysis, occurs during the highest temperature stages of roasting. In these roasting temps that are very high, we find that carbohydrates undergo thermal decomposition. This pyrolysis stage forms CO2 as a result of further developing a given coffee, meaning that it really only happens whenever coffee is roasted darker. Recalling that green coffee starts off quite dense, all these reactions occurring, especially the formation of CO2 and increase in water vapor, causes pressure to continuously be built up. We know that this build-in pressure is what produces commonly known as a phenomenon known as first crack. This is when the coffee begins to take the largest shift in density, becoming softer as the biological cells are inflated by the CO2 formed by our previously mentioned reactions. It is only when coffee is further developed that another second crack occurs and releases even more CO2. This is because the pressure continues to build and causes the softened coffee to become quite brittle. Are you starting to see why we're splitting this into two episodes? Now, there are some roast development specifics that we think are important to mention. The first thing is water loss during roasting. So we have what we can put on a spectrum of light, medium, dark. And although development is the more preferred term for us, it is helpful to categorize it in those three just for the sake of simplicity. So light coffee or low development coffee, the water loss is around 11 to 13%. Medium or average development is 14 to 16%, and dark or high-end development is 17 to 20% water loss during roasting. Now, also, the other thing is looking at some important acids in roasting. So a few of them could be citric and malic, acetic, lactic, and quinic. Citric and malic acid decreases with roast because applying heat degrades these acids. Meanwhile, acetic levels are increased with roasting. Lactic and quinic acid stay stable despite being carbohydrate byproducts. Quinic acid is also the same across green and varietals, with its changes coming when roasting. The key players in what we experience when we taste coffee, from our limited research and understanding, are quinic, malic, and tartaric acids. Chlorogenic acids are formed when oxygen and atoms combine. The importance of chlorogenic acids is that they directly impact consumers because they directly impact what is detected during tasting. Higher chlorogenic acids are typically less favorable among consumers. Organic acids increase during roasting, whereas chlorogenic acids decrease. Now to summarize this first part of our episode today, 
Green coffee starts with high density with no gases trapped. Moisture volumes rise with temp and turn to vapor. Two primary chemical reactions that contribute to CO2 generation are striker degradation and pyrolysis. First crack occurs as the chemical reactions cause the dense coffee to build in pressure and is when the coffee becomes much softer. Second crack occurs only with further development and happens because the building pressure causes the coffee to become brittle. The less the coffee is developed, the less water loss occurs, with the inverse being true. And finally, we see quinic, malic, and tartaric acids as the most experienced during tasting coffees, and we see chlorogenic acids being equally impactful to taste detection. Okay, with all this vocabulary in our mind and words that are coming at you, let's take a moment to listen to some jazz and calm our minds for just a moment. All right, is everyone feeling better now? More relaxed? All of those terms kind of put away in our minds? All right, let's continue. Extending the concept of freshness post-roast. What even is freshness? Perhaps we should have talked about this at the top of the show, but nonetheless, we're doing it now. We can think of freshness as the original, unimperative quality of something. We see freshness in this way at the heart of the specialty coffee industry as we know it especially within the third wave movement. We are moving in a direction of a new wave, as we kind of already mentioned at the top of the show, and we really feel like we already exist there in this sort of fourth wave, something like that, where freshness is important, but more so is the long-term equity of farmers and laborers alike. This in mind, we can look at three schools of thought for freshness. That is the ultimate freshness, initial or usual freshness, and golden age freshness. Our initial or usual thought for freshness is something that many of us are already quite familiar with within the specialty coffee community. And this is where we state that coffee freshness is best within one week to two months of roasting. The ultimate freshness concept is one that holds the idea that coffee should be enjoyed within one hour of roasting up to a week. And finally, this third idea, golden age of freshness. This is the concept of keeping coffee fresh for two months up to a year. While these three concepts are vastly different from one another, we do find yet another fourth school of thought, which is one that seems to be present in this moment. This is the idea of letting coffee rest and existing sort of between our initial concept and the golden age, which is quite different from the extreme of the ultimate freshness concepts. We call this fourth school of thought best fresh but rest. A reason for this rising in popularity is due to fresh coffee being highly unstable and in turn rather volatile to keep dialed in. During storage, coffee aroma will go through evaporation and reaction, which means loss and new compound formation. Thus, resting coffee can aid in consistency between dial-in and individual brews. Fresher coffees will cause lower total dissolved solid values because the coffee cannot be as easily penetrated by the water. Yet another reason for this move towards resting coffee has to do with roast development, with many specialty roasters leaning towards very light profiles, or just under-experienced roasters simply achieving underdevelopment, there is a need to rest longer. We know this because further developed coffee loses its gas in higher volumes and at a 
faster rate, leaving lesser developed profiles losing gases at a much slower rate. We'll discuss this more in a moment. Freshness index tells us that the chemical aroma degradation occurs far before flavor does. And we have this sort of new era of acidity already that is from the rise in popularity of filter coffee specifically. The key to understanding freshness is found in determining how we measure generated CO2 that is not found in green coffee, which is also aroma compound generation. Because more CO2 means more aroma, with less CO2 resulting in less aroma. Loss of CO2 is also a loss of weight. 1-2% to of roasted coffee's weight is from CO2 and other gases. And when coffee is rested upwards of 10 days, a large percentage of the CO2 weight is lost. One large way we measure generated CO2 is by observing roasting speed. Faster roasting means more CO2 no matter the temp. An experiment done to measure the kinetics of carbon dioxide release from whole bean coffee showed that roast levels of light, 5 minutes, medium, 9 minutes, and dark, 12 minutes, showed that dramatically impacted the rate of CO2 release prior to grinding. And that experiment was done in a book put out by the Specialty Coffee Association called the Coffee Freshness Handbook. This handbook is actually where we are getting a lot of these ideas from and is kind of what spurred us to start this entire conversation. We highly encourage you to check it out. Link will be in the show notes. We have used the word CO2 quite a bit today at this point, but what is CO2 really? CO2 is indeed one of the smallest molecules that we find in coffee, but often its impact is underestimated. On the most basic level, carbon dioxide, CO2 that is, is water soluble, forms carbonic acid, and is a mild acid in water. AirThings tells us that, quote, it is one of the most important gases on the earth because plants use it to produce carbohydrates in a process called photosynthesis. Since humans and animals depend on plants for food, photosynthesis is necessary for the survival of life on earth, end quote. These are the basics, but what does CO2 have to do with what we perceive in taste? Roasting coffee is directly responsible for different aromas that are not present in the green coffee. Loss of CO2 usually means more present acidity, and less degassing, there is more acidity perceived. There are more than 1,000 molecules that can be formed during roasting, yet only around 40 of those molecules are actually directly responsible for aroma. Today we hope that by understanding carbon dioxide formation and extending our knowledge of freshness post-roast, that we have just started the slow curtain pull around the mysterious allure of coffee freshness. Join us next week where we continue this conversation by observing how grind size affects CO2 release and beginning to discuss the separation of aroma, taste, and flavor. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of CART. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to keep the show and the sustained team going, please consider supporting us on Patreon. This is an excellent way to keep the show free of ads, keep us motivated, and not to forget, it gives you some great perks. Support tiers start as low as $5.25. Head on over to patreon.com slash 901sustaincoffee to get started. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 901sustaincoffee. And check us out on YouTube by searching Sustain Coffee. All of these things can be found by just clicking the links provided in the show notes. Thank you for all your support. Until next time.